Shalom. It's good to see you. And uh, trust all's well here in this time of winter. And uh, I was very blessed to be part of the group that went to the Holy Land. And I see some fellow pilgrims out here smiling. And I know last week you had an opportunity to, to hear some testimony from those who went and uh, visited there in uh, that uh, wonderful land, that wonderful part of the world. And uh, we had a wonderful time. It was just great to experience uh, going out with a wonderful bunch of people. And uh, it was a lot of inspiration, a lot of exciting things to see for the first time. And you know what? We learned a lot. I did not know, but there's a ninth beatitude. Did you know about this? <laughs> you know, we went over there and you learn all kinds of things, but I didn't know there was another beatitude. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not get bent out of shape. And I got to tell you, that's a great truth because anytime you're traveling, you got to roll with the punches. Anytime you are out there, itinerary changes all the time and even try to get a picture of one of these sites sometimes. Everybody's in your way and uh, you just kind of got to go with the flow and be flexible, especially on a 12-hour flight. And uh, we had a layover, four hours, and uh, I had a chance to stretch my legs there at Newark, and I happened into the Hudson bookstore. And I couldn't help but notice that there was a healthy abundance of self-help books there on the shelf. And it, they really mirrored our obsession with time. Do you ever, ever notice this? And uh, incredible titles like One Year to a College Degree. Or, you know, uh, seven days to a better me. Things like that. You know, if you run over to Barnes & Noble or you jump on the web and you look at Amazon, you see all these titles out there that just tell you how you can do things so much more quickly. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of things out there. The one-minute father. You know, or the 60-second prayer life. They tell us today that there's more than a hundred titles with the word instant in the title. Everything from instant Yiddish to instant emotional healing to instant time management. Now there's one there for you. Instant time management. <laughs> and they even got these kinds of things for pastors who are always in a hurry. There's a book out there, Instant Sermons for Busy Pastors, right? And so there's all kinds of things out there that we are challenged with. And uh, time, it appears, seems to seep into every conversation that we have. You know, the editors of Ox Oxford Dictionary tell us that the most frequently used noun these days in the English language is the word time. And just stop and think about your conversation. Just about all of us, and I'm guilty as well, we tell people we are crunched for time or we are rushed for time. We're under the gun, we're overwhelmed, we are overtaken and pressed for time. And so here as we begin the year, as we're all trying to make these adjustments uh, with a new calendar and new opportunities, we've started this sermon series called Margin, Making Room for What Really Matters in Life. 
And what would it look like for you if you were to reset the margin in your life? What would it look like for you if you were to take a step back and you were to analyze those things that are really precious to you, those things in your life that are really such a treasure that you say that are so valuable and so important, like your family, uh, like, uh, you know, your faith life. What would it look like if you were to develop a healthy balance and reset the margin in your life? I bet along the way, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to develop some patience. You're going to have to grow in that measure of fortitude. And you, after all, if it really is that valuable to you and important to you, it's worth the wait, isn't it? So today I want to focus our attention for just a few moments on the whole idea of patience, developing some patience. And I know a lot of us are challenged in this, this kind of thing. We all find it challenging. You know, this week I ordered uh, uh, a bag of food from Chick-fil-A and somehow the fries didn't get quite to me. Somebody on the way home couldn't wait and they started getting in there one fry at a time. You know, there's so many things in life where we just seem to can We're in such a hurry. Even our animals today are struggling with this. I want you to watch this next clip from Obedience School, okay? Sir, sir, can you wait? Very good. One ring. Good job. One ring. Sir, sir. Oh, my goodness. Sir, you got a problem. You got a big problem. Cardi, good girl. Patient. Sir, I can hear you. I can hear you. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sir. Sir, you're going to have to leave. This is what I want to say to you today. Do you realize that a lot of the road to heaven is only 20 miles an hour? There's speed limit signs out there all the all around us, 70, everybody's trying to go 80, you know, press the limit. But, you know, in your walk of faith, most of the road is only about 20 miles an hour. I've got a, a book on my shelf at home by a Japanese author, and it's entitled The Three-Mile-An-Hour God. And, you know, that's a great truth because we hear today a lot about going to and fro, we hear a lot about getting there and doing this as rapidly as we can and, and uh, hurry here and hurry there. Go ye, we hear that a lot in the scripture, go ye. But I tell you something else we hear a lot and we don't talk enough about is those passages where it says, tarry here. Jesus there in the garden, he said, wait here, fellas. And in another place, wait here in the upper room. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come. I wonder today if you are in that posture of waiting. We talk about urgency today, but it seems like we spend very little time working on our patience. 
Now, how you deal with these irritations in life and all these inconveniences in life really says something about where you're at in your life of faith. I, I want us to focus on some scriptures today from the book of Proverbs, kind of to set the stage. You know, the book of Proverbs is a clinic in wisdom. And people walk away from the book of Proverbs with all kinds of statements like priceless, profound, pithy. And as you open the book of Proverbs, you find this writer extending to us just this abundance of wise statements. And there's a lot of things that we can take out of this book of Proverbs today and apply to our life and find ourselves challenged, like in Proverbs 16 and verse 32. And here is a verse, it's better to be patient than powerful. It's better for us to be patient than powerful. It's better to win control over yourself than over whole cities. You know, I saw a sign one time that said, a man without patience is like a car without brakes. You know what it feels like, and I know we haven't had a lot of snow and ice here this winter, but you probably had that experience where you're on the ice and all of a sudden you're out of control. And you know, it feels a little bit what this text is telling us and uh, as we experience life, we know oftentimes, if you don't have patience, you feel like you're out of control. There's another text, a couple of chapters later in Proverbs, that speaks to us in Proverbs 19. And it says, impatience will get you into trouble. How many have had the experience where you've kind of rushed to judgment? And if you'd only waited, maybe even an hour, or maybe to the next day, the circumstances would have been far different. And oftentimes we are in such a rush. We're so impatient. And it says impatience will get you into trouble. So what's the secret today of gaining patience in our life? What's the secret of learning patience? How do you develop that kind of patience in your life? In large part, I want to tell you to, to you today that it's learning to cooperate with God. Learn to cooperate with God. You know, when you learn patience, God has a part and you have a part. God's part is to extend to us opportunities. God's part is to provide us circumstances in life. Our part is to provide the right response. God's part is to really bless our lives and, and shape our lives and mold our lives. Like I say, to get out the sandpaper, right? And begin to work on those rough places in our life. To get out the, the pruners and, and, you know, there as, as a, a branch on the vine, you're not really working and you're not as fruitful as you need to be. And I need to work in your life. Our part is the right attitude to respond to the, to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are all kinds of opportunities that can teach us patience. As you know, there's lots of things that can irritate us. There's lots of things that are inconveniences. How many of you have been interrupted? You know, you're getting ready to get in the shower and somebody drops by and knocks on the door. Or maybe you've got this important uh, timeline that you're trying to meet, this project that's got to be done in a timely manner. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here's some visitors that come in, people you haven't seen in a long time, and you've got to drop what you're doing. Oftentimes we get 
home at the end of the day and we say, oh, I didn't get anything accomplished today because of all the interruptions. Have you ever felt like that? These are opportunities for patience. Now, I got a picture of this next guy on here, and who knows who this picture is of this person? It's a guy known as Brahms. He's the guy that gave us the lullaby, right? Do you know what? They say it took him seven years to give us the lullaby. He must have had a lot of interruptions. Rumor has it, though, that he kept falling asleep. The lullaby was putting him to sleep. But even Jesus, I want to remind you, had interruptions. You remember there at one point in the gospel narrative, these children start running up to Jesus and the disciples begin to rebuke the kids. Hey, you kids, get out of here. Jesus is too busy to, to mess with you. This is a, a very important fellow here, but what did Jesus do? He said, fellas, chill out. Relax, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Some interruptions, you know, in life can help us to learn patience. And maybe they are God-inspired, but faith takes us up the cross, does it not? Faith really takes up the cross and it's love that binds it to our soul. But it is patience that sees it through to the end. Those that shall endure shall be saved. Now, God really provides the circumstances, I believe, to teach us patience. And after all, God is patient. And he wants us to learn to be patient. And our part is the response. Now, we know in the scripture, as uh, here a few months ago, we were involved in the book of James and one of the most practical books of, of the Bible, especially the New Testament. And you remember in James, the writing says, is your life full of problems? Is your life full of difficulties? Be happy for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to, to grow. Think about that. Uh, you ought to have tremendous patience by now if you've got a lot of trial and struggle in your life because patience has a chance to grow and be thankful for that. Notice there, patience has a chance to grow. Now, you remember the story of Moses. Moses there was the leader. He was taking people into the promised land and uh, uh, it's estimated that there are about two million people that he was trying to lead, and you could just imagine, they're out in the wilderness, and I can vouch and testify to the fact that this is a pretty arid land that, we're, uh, that we went to, and there's a lot of uh, desert-looking kinds of areas, and you can just imagine the people here on foot, and here they are out in the wilderness, and they're all complaining and grumbling. Are we there yet? And all of the, the kind of uh, critical spirits that the people had toward Moses. And here they are for some 40 years, the people complaining. And the story we find here is that Moses really gets upset. He's had enough. He gets angry and he disobeys God and he struck the rock and it was the sin that kept him out of the promised land. That's impatience and that is just how important it is for us as disciples to recalibrate, to take a moment to re-examine our life and this important fruit of the Spirit that needs to be part of our daily walk and part of who we are as disciples in Christ. 
It's the little things in life, after all, that really kind of get under our skin. It's the little pet peeves, and I know you all have pet peeves, right? Like the automated tel uh, telephone lines, when you call them up and you got to wait for the whole directory, it's one or two, and all you want to do is talk to a human being. Or when you've got a problem with your computer and you call the computer tech and they can't speak English. There's all sorts of pet peeves, and oftentimes it's the small things that really get under our skin and tick us off. After all, it's easy to set on a mountain, but it's much more difficult to set on a tack right? It's a challenge. And so I want to give you three quick action steps today that can maybe guide you and help you in how to gain some more patience, how to really develop patience. The first thing I want to say to you is that all of us need to discover a bigger perspective. All of us need to gain a bigger perspective. I've got a, a, a slide here of a rear view mirror. And, uh, you know, we all need to start looking sometimes from our, uh, a different vantage point. We need to gain and broaden our horizon, uh, gain a different way to look at our situations. There's always more than one way to look at something. And patience begins by changing the way you look at your current situation. Now, Proverbs here in chapter 19 gives us another text that we can really think about and it's one's wisdom gives him or her you could say patience wisdom gives you patience you don't get uptight with the irritations that come your way and when you and i are impatient really oftentimes you're just thinking about yourself aren't you when you're over at the grocery store you're not thinking about a clerk and they're talking to somebody else you're just in a hurry you're thinking about your schedule your problems, your irritations, your, your situation. You're not thinking about the bank teller and their issues. You're not thinking about the person going out there in the cold weather trying to gather the grocery carts and get them back in. You're just like looking at your time, your issues, your problems, and how you got to rush to that. And, you know, oftentimes what we need to do is to take a step back and to gain a bigger perspective. When you're having those pet peeves, when you're having those times in your life and you're only focused on yourself but begin to look at it from a different perspective after all a successful marriage is really the ability to look at your marriage and look at life from your spouse's perspective the success of a uh, parent is to look at the situation from the eyes of your child the success oftentimes of a business person who is successful in their business is to look at things from their client's point of view. And the point is, patience begins with wisdom. Patience begins with wisdom. Patience is a mark of maturity in the Christian life, and a mature person can be judged by just how long they can wait. Not only should we discover a bigger perspective, but I want to say to you that we need to deepen our love now, I've had a couple of weddings here recently this winter, and I was reminded about the power behind 1 Corinthians 13. You probably read that a few times, but you know within that reading of writings of, of Paul there in uh, Corinthians 13, we call it the love chapter, down in verse 4, down in verse 7, love is patient. Love is patient. 
And you know what? When you're filled with love, almost nothing will irritate you. But if you're filled with anger, almost anything will set you off. Anything will kind of get you bent out of shape if you're not filled with love. And what's inside of you? Impatience says more about you than it does about the other person. And you need to say, Lord, help me to love that person more deeply. Help me to gain a bigger perspective a bigger vantage point and help me to truly reach out in agape love and grace toward this person. Think of that person who is heavenly sandpaper in your life today because oftentimes the irritations and issues that we have in life have to do with our relationships, have to do with those that are, uh, you know, uh, uh, struggling with time. Oftentimes they're not able to always be on time or maybe it's the other way they're always rushed and and you just can't seem to keep up but deepen your love toward them and when you do these things you begin to find it easier to be patient and and to have fortitude now in baseball they tell us that the best players are those that only hit the ball about 34 out of 100 times in fact the greatest player they said that ever lived the greatest hitter was this guy uh, that we know of Ted Williams, and he only successfully hit the ball about 34 times, about three times at bat. His lifetime batting average was something like 344. And here's a guy who was obsessed with the love of the game. Even every day, he would measure his bat down to a tenth of an ounce. It had to be just perfect. And they say that he didn't sleep very well. He was always up at night because he was worried about the pitcher he was going to face the next day. But he had a love toward the game, and in fact, it was that love of the game of seeing the ball fly off his bat only 34 times out of 100 attempts that really kept him coming back to the plate. I ask you today, do you have that kind of deep affection for those people around you? Ask God today to really deepen your love toward others. The great commandment, as you know, is to love God, but the second unto it is to love people. Love your neighbors as yourself. And then the third thing, and just quickly let me remind you that we are really told that we need to depend upon the power of God. Here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11, it says, May he strengthen you in his glorious might with ample power to meet whatever comes with fortitude, patience, and joy. That's a prayer, folks, that all of us can pray beginning today, right now. These are wonderful words of Paul, this incredible prayer. And soak on that for just a moment. You can pray that prayer that Jesus will strengthen you in his might with power that will give you fortitude, patience, and joy. You know, patience is really a form of faith, isn't it? It reveals something, again, Isaiah, about your faith. And the Bible is full of examples of people who had to wait. Think of Noah. He waited 120 years for the boat to float, right? Think about Abraham. He waited 90 years to receive that promised child. Think of Joseph there in the book of Genesis. He waited something like 13 years to get out of that pit and get into the palace. And he could help his family, how God worked in his life. It's amazing. 
all of God's saints have had to go through, it appears to me, some school of waiting. And I know we all find that challenging. It's difficult to wait on others, but the most difficult thing is when you have to wait on God sometimes. Isn't that a, a hard place to be? You've ever perhaps been in a hurry and God wasn't? And you're like, God, hurry up. I need patience and I need it now. I got to have it right this minute. I'm told the famous actor there years ago, Gregory Peck, probably some of you, I'm dating myself, but I remember uh, uh, that uh, fella. And uh, uh, it said one time that he um, was in a hurry and he and his uh, friend there at the studio, they left, they went down to a uh, a, a diner somewhere down in Beverly Hills and it was a rush hour there was a long line the tables were filled nobody was in a hurry they were all chatting and talking and nobody was like eating and getting out and his friends said as they're standing in the back of the line won't you go up there tell the head maitre d who you are and of course Peck says something like well if you have to tell them who you are then you're not <laughs> I wonder today if you would take this challenge today to number one, discover a bigger perspective in your life. To understand a different vantage point. To say, Lord, help me to understand this other person. Lord, help me to, to get a glimpse of what you must be experiencing. To realize it's not always about me. And secondly, that you would challenge yourself. Ask God to deepen your love toward those others in your life. And thirdly, that you would ask God for his power, his Holy Spirit to indwell upon your life and to give you that strength that you might develop patience and fortitude and joy. The acid test of your faith is... How do you handle the irritations and the inconveniences and the difficulties of life? And that's where the rubber hits the road. And see, your attitude reveals who is in control of your life. And I ask you today, who is in control of your life? Shall we pray together? God, we ask your blessings today upon your holy word and your people your people, O oh Lord, the saints of God, that all of us would continue to grow and mature in our faith. We ask, God, that you would just come alongside those who are really finding themselves in such trials today, challenges and difficulties. It just seems so unbearable, and you don't know which way to turn. Oh, may your spirit, Lord, come upon people today. For those that are in our lives, Lord, that seem to always get under our skin. Oh, God, that you might deepen our love toward that friend or co-worker or neighbor or family member. Lord, just help us to gain a different perspective, to realize it's just not about me. Help me, Lord, to look at things from a godly perspective. Lord, hear our prayer, we pray this day in the name of Jesus.